it's ball courtesy of ballsports.com and all the other places that you're listening to this show thank y'all for tuning in welcome in to the show that we so lovingly call ball on bulls the show totally utterly and foreverly dedicated to the chicago bulls and nba talk i am big dave i am c dub i'm chilling today because my voice is chilling did a lot of yelling a lot of talking yesterday so yeah just chilling today so if you would like to do the the ball or d if d wants to do it either one you're welcome to it well i'm chilling on it today I'm, I'm interested what the Holland was about. Was it was it on CHGO? But the oh, it was at at the game and on CHGO. A lot of that. Oh, okay. A lot was of Holland yelling. I'm sure. That, I'm sure to take place today. Well, no, actually, I got it all out. So, okay. <laughs> right now, um, I'll, I'll let y'all have this one. Uh, D Jackson uh, joining us today, uh, known him as the Six Man, uh, but also he is the. Uh, guy who's, who will sit in for me on shows when I can't make a show. Uh, D. Jackson has graciously accepted to be doing these shows with Dub when I am not available to do them. So if there's ever another lull um, between this show or in future shows, then D, I'm sorry. It's simply because Dub does not want to do a show with you. I apologize. <laughs> day, day. I told you I'm in confidence, man. I'm sorry, man. Sorry. I'm sorry, D. But see, see Dave, the day Dave, Dave hates when you in public. I hate you when you're in private. So. And I appreciate it, but uh, I'm here to raise the value, you know, raise the level up. Especially when Dave gone, that's when we have our. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get no, you get no argument out of me, bro. I, I completely agree, <laughs> man. You're you're absolutely amazing, you're wonderful. I, right. The first person I thought of when when I wanted this done was uh you. So yeah, I, I figured. What other good way to waste people's time than you know to have you on here? I think that'd be a thank good way to do it, man. So thank you for for deciding to do it. Waste people time talk about the bulls. I waste people time when I rap. Hey, oh, I didn't say that. I, I definitely you don't waste people's time when you rap. You know nobody listens to it, so you can't waste your time. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you walked into it. You walked into it. You walked la 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 la. You walked right into that. But, all right. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if, if when D comes on, if I'm going to bring up the level of hatred towards D as uh, Dave does. But uh, I think I'll. It's I a tough even, love. This, this is this is not hate. Tough this is all tough, tough love tough right love. here. I give back what I'm given. <laughs> so okay. that that's that's how that works. Bro, I give you nothing but. <laughs> What's up, D? I give you nothing but love. Nothing but love. Is that what you just said? And positive reinforcement. Oh, words. Is that what that's called? Yes, sir. That's what's called in the streets. That's what we do. Okay. I got a guess though. Okay. I bet I can give a good guess why you were screaming last night. I bet you I know. It was several reasons, but but hit me. I'm gonna call it Bab. B A B. B A B. Okay. Any guess what that means? What's that an acronym for? Ball ain't bulls. <laughs> bum ass bulls. Bum ass bulls. Okay. <laughs> bum ass bulls. <laughs> Yes, the Bulls right, were so, complete bums yeah. um, last night against the New York Knicks. It was the worst loss of the season, in my opinion. It was frustrating. I hated everybody from the top to the bottom of the entire organization. Um, I guess we'll start with, uh, well, you know what? We'll start with who, who I know Dove and D truly hate, and that's Billy Donovan. Um, <laughs> so we'll start there. Uh, Again, hate is a hard hate, word. You just told me hate was a harsh word. 
but you do you hate Billy Donovan? Like I hated him that day last night. I hated him. And then like just like, like every oh, game stop. I watch it. Don't no. I hate every game no. I hate him. Then after the Please. game over, I'm like, you I'm hate like, Billy okay. Donovan's coaching style. Is that safe to say? I don't hate it. Um, more of that. I'm, I'm glad you got into it. When I okay, as I. Would they refer I could to, read you know, some of these messages. texts that you have in here, bro, if you want to talk about it. I could sit there and go on all this, bro. Don't, 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 don't be on his diplomatic now, now man. You just, nah, no, you cannot do that. This is ball, dude. Like, we are honest here. Are you like, saying I want to incur violence on Billy Donovan? Is that what you're saying? Is I just said you hate his coaching style. That is an accurate <laughs> statement. Got, go ahead, D. What'd you say? We got receipts. Again, these are private messages between friends. If I wanted the public, I would go on Twitter. But now, I think, I, I, go back to what you said before when you was mentioned that your hatred was from top to bottom. And like, you know, okay, so before the, before the, before the, before I watched the game, I listened to the, uh, you know, on radio at first, right? Maybe like first uh, couple of minutes on the radio. I hadn't done that in a while. In the radio, they bring up a common refrain that's been for myself, I think a lot of fans. A radio, they bring up, they start saying that, oh, the Bulls should go inside more. Vooch needs more touches. And that's the same refrain on the uh, on the on the, on the Comcast show, right? It's something I, I've, I've talked about. It's something that you talked about last season, that how you enjoy Vucevic's passing game at the top of the key and mm-hmm. decision making. And then I think you put a tweet out too about that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, so I'm seeing this battle. Everyone seems to like have an answer for this or a part of a solution for the Bulls offense and you don't see apply on the, on the, on the court. And there are a lot of reasons why the Bulls lose, right? It's not just who needs more touches or post touches or whatever. That's just part of it. And then, and then you watch the game and you see the same things, the same deficiencies every game. And one of the things you mentioned last year, go back to last year, I think we all of us agreed that the Bulls need a point guard because Zach Levine and DeRozan, the team plays better would have a true point guard. Now, there are ways to get around this, you know, like throwing the ball to Vooch a little more in the post, you know, get more options for the offense that way. But you don't see that on the floor. And you don't see – and obviously the Bulls still don't have a point guard, <laughs> right? That's organization top to down. They didn't give them a point guard. They didn't provide the team with shooting. Fine. There are ways around to play better without those assets in your offense. More catch and shoots for Levine. Everyone wants Levine to have more catch and shoots. He doesn't get them. People want Vucevic to post up, post up more or have more touches when the offense had the offense engaged from him, from him out. You don't see it. So top to bottom, every game we see the deficiencies and we don't see it sort of addressed in a way. Not saying you're gonna go ten or zero if you do the things that we see and want done, which you will play better and look better. I think. So so yes. I, I yell at Billy Donovan because I don't know what kind of offense he's running and what is he doing on the court. And one moment, I didn't get it after that. It was one play that I really, <laughs> when I really complained about him and our test messages was when the play, when the Bulls, I think, went down the court and maybe shot like four or five jump shots in a row, all bricks. Mm. He calls a timeout. The first play that runs to play for Zach Levine and shoot another jump shot. Now, I'm not a basketball genius, but if, if I see my team not shooting jump shots, like Ms. Favreau, I would say, you know what, let's just try something different. Let's, let's go on the post with, with, Pat, with, Pat, with P-Dub. Let's run something in a post for Vucevic. Let's see what we do, because our jump shots aren't falling. You don't see that. That's what I get upset at Billy Donovan. And it's interesting, because 
with Billy Donovan got higher Dave, me and you both said Billy is a good coach. Mm-hmm. And the things we complained about are coming into fruition was that we complained about, you know, not only adjustments, but seeing what adjustments he probably wants being executed on the court. You know, and, no, and that evidence came from watching OKC for those years. You know, Chris Paul's the point guard of that team, probably coach of that team. We see him, you know, and we seeing the, the issues he had with uh, the playoffs uh, with OKC and watching those games. And it's and it's, it's the same thing. You know, you see things need to be done. Maybe he's saying those things, but his players don't, <laughs> don't seem to be executing what he wants done. You spent two years as a coach. Two years, and I hear him say, Vucevic should get the ball more in the post or get more touches or whatever. And you still can't get your team to recognize switches and mismatches in the paint. And it, it just, how many, how, so I said all that. So I think you're right, Dave, on a point where your feeling was as, as top as everyone was just bad. Everyone's been bad from the front office not, not supplying the team for what they need. To the coaches, to the coaches, and mainly Billy Donovan not getting the players to execute what he wants executed, or him not being able to just be a good coach on the floor. So, D, with that, I think I pretty much summarized. I think our our <laughs> kind of disappointment with the team. D, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I agree, top to bottom, you know. But um, I do have some specific criticism. I've been saying it too for since the season started. Mm-hmm. Everything is one-on-one. I have a problem with that. We have no cohesive offense, man. Everything is one-on-one. Even in uh, – you talk about Vooch not getting the ball. That is true. But even in 2022, a, a high pick-and-roll league like that, we don't even run pick-and-rolls like that. Like a little bit and everything. Everything is one-on-one. You are not going to have winning basketball with that. You know what I'm saying? And we, we got guys who put up numbers. We don't have a leader on this team. We we don't we don't have a a, a galvanizer, you know what I'm saying? Or uh get stuff done. You know, we got bucket. <laughs> like ser- seriously and everything, man. But my biggest issue, man, everything. So are, y- are y'all seeing that too? Or what, is- that, that's that's but that's what I mean when I say, you know, post ups or more, you know, even Patrick Williams now is, is starting to like have some confidence and going to the post and pinning this man down. Even Vucevic. That's what I'm saying. Like, we know this team plays one-on-one. A way to solve that to get ball movement is to the only guy who could draw a double team in the post is <laughs> Vucevic. Don't want to hit once away. When that happens, you know, I had a stat. I was talking to Mark K, uh, one of the guys on Twitter, and we had some silly stat, you know, back and forth. But, but like, but like you, they win more when Vucevic touch the ball more in the post. They just do. The offense you, runs better. You see it. You may not win the game, but the offense runs better. And we see yeah. it in the first half. He gets the ball, and they together. They won like a whole – like he had eight shots. Was it eight shots last game? How can mm-hmm. your third score, the best post guy on the floor in that game, get only eight shots? To me, that's coaching. To me, that's that's like we shot 12 jump shots in a row. Like, can you run one play <laughs> to do something different? There's something. And he and Vucevic always you notice this, D. And I'm pretty sure David notices this. Vucevic is always a technical foul. He gets pissed off during the game when he doesn't get the damn ball. He because he's bored. He gets frustrated because he's not contributing to the winning. So he's like, I gotta get a rebound. I gotta get a block shot because I'm not getting the ball. And part of that is him because like I I argue with Lori Marketing. I say that you don't get the ball because people know you don't want the ball. And I think for Vuce, part of this is coaching too. 
I think that Vooch has to start demanding the ball. He just has to because obviously the coaching is not, is not helping him out. So kind of that's on him to like either be demand demand the ball. But that's part of one on one. D D. I agree. Post the play. I agree. Pick and roll, but pick and rolls are run by point guards. They don't have right. a true point guard to run pick and roll. And, and pick and roll is effective if the guy running pick and roll can shoot a jump shot. <laughs> right. You or know, we don't have that. Pick and roll is effective by getting a matchup too. If you got a favorable matchup, like say if you got somebody who's slow guarding, mm-hmm. you you should probably run a pick and roll with Demar so they can get so you can get that favorable switch up top too. We don't even do that, you know what I'm saying? But like Booch can't demand the ball in the post because of the offense and everything. I guarantee you, and I don't even have the numbers in front of me. A majority, so at least fifty one percent of his shots, I bet you his face up rather than back to the basket. Vooch, our, our best post player. I bet you he got more face-up shots, yeah. jumps top of the key threes and things like that than entry entry post moves and things like that. Or even points in the paint. Yeah, That's I mean, a- yeah. And, and it's, and it's uh, so, so what happened was, so I, I don't know, Dave, you saw this, but I, we, Mark, Mark K and I were going, going a, little bit, a little bit of discussion about post-ups. And I tweeted, Something about Casey King say he should post up more. And Mark responded, I responded that, well, I think Stacey King just saying he wants more post-ups, more post opportunities for um Vooch. And Mark K tweeted back this random kind of arbitrary number. Well, Vooch is number seven in post-up attempts. And for me, that didn't mean nothing. It's just like a, it's just a stat. So, so I was like, and I hate going, you know, I'm not a big stat. I'm not devil down to like splits and all that kind of stuff. But I'm on Twitter, I'm like, okay, because I, I gotta respond to this. So I'm looking at us, I'm curious. The Bulls actually have a woman win on record when he has more than seven post-ups. Like, he does. When they lost against Phoenix, who had more post-ups? Aiden. Who had more shot-ups? Aiden. Aiden has a great point guard. Very true. But the team performs better, stat-wise, when he gets more opportunities. And and they don't have a point guard. You know, they don't have the power forward, the passion wins, demanding the ball in the post. He's getting to that. But you have to do something else besides having an all perimeter game. Last year, Billy Donovan and Coach win. That was a Rosen playing MVP level stuff. That would just get the fuck out the way. Let me win. That wasn't Billy Donovan. I'm waiting to see games where I'm not, I, I watched him. I watched the Bulls get our coach. I watched Thibodeau trap the ball. I watched Thibodeau told his team to play the baseline. I watched Thibodeau told him to do it. They, he won that game. He coached that game to a win. They played mm-hmm. them twice in a row on the home court. Thibodeau coached that team to a win. I have yet, very few times, felt like Billy coached this, this out-coached the team to win because the team looks unprepared. And unfortunately, unfortunately enough, your team is only as good as your best two or three players. And when Zach has a game like that, you know, Vooch doesn't touch the ball. And DeMar's the only one that's getting shots he, that he's the only one that can get shots that he wants because he knows where he wants the ball, unlike Zach Levine. He's the only one that's pretty much gonna put up points. And he and this one, the, the next that game was one of the games where maybe Demar didn't quite have it. Was Zach was supposed to actually fulfill his duty and come up and be the first, be the main guy that game and put him to a victory. Those three guys or two guys need to play at a high level. Kyrie, Irvin, and Durant they need to come out like that. They're not them, but they need to come out like that with this squad. And Vucevic has to be a big part of it. He's not a big part of the plan on offense, at least. In these games, and it's just insane to me that I'm watching basketball. I'm like, you could be better than this. Maybe not win all these games, but you should not. You should not be below 500. <laughs> no, I, you know? I agree with that. They 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 shouldn't be as bad as as they are. Um, few things. One, as far as Vooch in the post, 
Yeah, I, I definitely want to see that more. I've been screaming for it more. I want to see him running the offense because he's actually the best passer and the, probably the best IQ on the floor in the starting lineup. So when you have that, that's the person who you should be running your uh, offense through. It's it's why it worked with Joe Kim Noah because he was their best passer and he had the best IQ and everybody else could just cut and find out what it needed to be around that. Um, secondly, it's hard. Yeah, you. I want more post-ups for him, but as you see, like you said, Chris, like, they struggle getting him the ball in the post. I watched it all yesterday. I watched the Knicks just steal the ball every time they tried to go oh. into the post to him all the time. When Zach so Levine, about that, but Zach uh, Levine was throwing the yeah. little lazy passes in, they just kept taking Dude. the ball. They can't recognize those mismatches. <laughs> that's that's a common theme. That's that's been a normal thing. So whether they want to do it or not, they can't do it, and so that kind of hinders that whole thing. So that's why he probably has more face up shots and more three-pointers and things like that. He has to find other ways to score because he can't get an entry pass. And that's that's a fundamental flaw uh, on this team. Uh, as far as Billy Donovan, uh, like like you said, Chris, I, as I say, I know he's a good coach. He, he's a good coach. And the issues I had with him, I didn't have – I said I wasn't going to complain about because the Bulls were just learning how to walk. And they were just figuring it out. This is when he first got here. I was like, they're just figuring it out. He's just learning how to walk. Those issues I have with him are going to come to a head until they figure out how to walk. And now they're starting to walk, and now I'm starting to see those issues as far as um, the play calling, uh, as far as it's just so basic. And, and a lot of Billy's thing is he has a higher IQ point guard who can articulate what his game plan is much better on the floor. Uh, and that works great for him. If you think of Chris Paul, uh, if you think of uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, you think even KD, you can, you can throw that mm -hmm. into the fold. Uh, Alonzo Ball, when you think of those guys, those are all really higher IQ basketball players, and they can articulate and let everybody know where they need to be on the floor. Like he needs an extension of himself, you know what I'm saying, kind of on the floor. He, he damn sure don't got that now um, because those guys don't have – have it at that level yet. I think Ayo will get to that level. I think he's got that kind of skill, but he's just not there yet at, at that level to, to be what Billy uh, really needs IQ-wise. It's kind of why I wanted to see Dragic out there because I just wanted to see what he could do because the ball flows better, uh, in my opinion, even though you're giving up a lot defensively, but the ball just flows better. But yeah, man, it's, it's I, I don't like hearing, um, and, and it's not like I disagree when people say, uh, the roster is fundamentally flawed because it's true. It's a flawed roster. It was all kind of built around Lonzo. Um, and, and he was like the Band-Aid for it. We talked about that before on the show before. He's the Band-Aid. But, you know, when the Band-Aid comes off, you ain't got another one. But then you just bleed in profusely. And the issue with that is that what's the other option? Because I know he, he isn't the first player to go down and teams still are able to perform at some kind of level that's acceptable. You got two all-stars on your team. You got Vooch. You got enough to be kind of in the fringe of a playoff run and not this close to having the, the worst record in the NBA. It just made me think of Tibbs when he was here. And I remember the players he had. Like, he had D. Jackson at center and me at point guard. And this dude was still, you know what I'm saying, the, you can't play center. That's the only reason I put you at center. I know you can play guard. You know what I'm saying? But having you at center is not where you need to be. And right. but having you there and, you know, having me run the point, 
you ain't winning. You know what I mean? And but he would have that and he would win. Like I watched John Lucas the third and Marco Bellinelli, you know what I'm saying? And all these dudes come through here. And there was never a question that the Bulls were going to the playoffs. Now, a lot of that was effort and execution. They they great effort, great execution, and they played with effort and intensity. I don't get pissed when the Bulls lose. I get pissed when it's lack of effort because that's the shit you can control. You control that shit. How you, what you do on the floor is up to you and how you put it out. You can't control if the ball's going in. You know what I'm saying? You can't control any shit like that, but you can control your effort. Eight rebounds of effort. The Bulls, these past two games against the Knicks had five offensive rebounds, five. The Knicks My- had 30. Yeah, you heard me, five. In these two games against the Knicks, they had five offensive rebounds. The Knicks had 30. The Bulls had two yesterday. Two. D, they they didn't get their second one until the fourth quarter. So they basically went the first quarter to the fourth quarter with one offensive rebound. That's effort. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm getting people tall or whatever. That's that's effort shit to me. So Mm. when it's effort and guys come out lackadaisical and guys don't, you know what I'm saying, just lull, you know what I'm saying, and the malaise and this and that, I put some of that on coaching. You know what I mean? Because you got to get these guys inspired to get out there and do their thing. Now they're grown men. They control themselves and things like that for sure. But some of that, I definitely uh, put on coaching. Little, little pushback, little pushback. but I, I agree with you actually wholeheartedly, but to speak to the effort, I, I've been on teams before where uh, I'm out there hustling and the game plan is just so messed up. It's like, I get turned off. So, like, if you are Pat Williams, uh, Vooch, you know, even Caruso, he's been playing terrible, um, and you just see nothing but one-on-ones, one-on-ones, and you out there hustling, there's no fluidity out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that could really t- – that would turn me off, man. But you are – to your point, though, you are professionals. You, you The effort needs to be there. But, like – you come down is is Demar top of the key doing his thing. You come down is Zach just being OC. You know, so everything is just one on one. There's this. It's like some of them out there they don't know where to be, and to me that can affect the effort. Yeah, that's and that's something and I'm, I'm gonna get to Zach a little bit. Uh, that's something like I complained about for years. Like I was like I know what Demar wants the ball. I know what Vooch wants the ball. Where he doesn't get it, you know. But I don't know what the hell Zach Levine wants the ball in the offense. He's just so random. He takes bad shots. And he doesn't know where he likes the ball in offense. So how do you run an offense around a guy who doesn't know where he wants the ball? Who just shoot throw threes and there's no spots on the floor where he likes. You think you know as a fan what he likes to do, but he doesn't He doesn't see the play develop. He doesn't, you know, and and one of the things, and I mentioned when I was, you know, the text messages to you guys during the game, is that Zach is just constantly disappointing me because because he has to be great for this team to be good. They invested him to be great. And I had to fans hope that he gets better. I know he's been injured or whatnot, but I'm seeing, you know, when I see him, it was a, game, it was a play against the Knicks, the previous game, where he was at the top of the key, and he had the ball in one hand. He just lazily passed the ball in one hand, bounce pass to the guy at the top of the key. And I'm like, and it gets stolen. But I flipped out. I'm like, bro, why are you too cute for school? Like, what are you? Take the, it's like he doesn't take it seriously. Those, I tweeted about this twice about the entry passes that I was getting took from him. Like, number one, why don't you know how to throw an entry pass in the NBA? You're a professional basketball player. You know, if you watch basketball, 
<laughs> I hope he's watching basketball. You've seen, you know, I know he's younger than us, but we've seen post play. We've seen Pippa get the ball to Jordan. We've seen, you know, uh, uh, you know, Elijah entry passes. You've seen entry pass to Barkley. You have to watch back. You watch basketball. You should know how players get the ball in the post. This dude like has no clue how to do it. Like he just absolutely, I'm convinced he doesn't know how to throw an entry pass. He's a pro NBA player, gold medal, you know, medalist who doesn't know how to throw an entry pass in the post. And he, and not only that, he does it lazily with one hand. I know good and well, I'm not doing it with one hand. Even though I know how to do it, I'm pump faking one. You know, to me, part of that to me also is coaching because like he does it constantly. And if he keeps doing it, don't you as a coach come to him like, yo man, listen, put your hands on the ball. You know, I, you know, it's like it's just say how bad those passes were, how lazy they were. It's just, it's, it's just like you're not valuing the game. And I know he loves basketball. These are pros. I know he likes basketball, but you—he's not to the level of maturity yet as a player. But he values that possession. You know, otherwise well, you you wouldn't make it one-handed bounce passes in the post. Right. Like, Agreed. what are you doing? Agree, hundred percent. You know, one thing that still just bothers me, man. He fades on every shot. I told that's my I claimed that for years. He makes it too hard. He plays too school, too cool for school. Like when you watch great two guards, Dwayne Wade, Jordan, Kobe, they don't take they take boring shots. Well, Kobe took a lot of bad shots, but he they take boring shots. Right. Because it's, it's, it's about winning the game. It's not looking cool fading left every time you shoot a jump shot. You know, like why is that in your why? It's game should be so boring for him, and he does not make it boring. He makes it too difficult for himself. It appears. Yeah, that's 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 why I went. You know, in the beginning, we don't we don't like I mentioned we don't have a clear cut leader like a leader mm-hmm. of men. Now. You know who who's going to step up? Who's going to galvanize the crew? You know, what I'm saying who's going to put us on our back? Like we got bucket getters. You know, what I'm saying like Demar get us a bucket. Zach can still get buckets. You know, what I'm saying, but like there's no leaders. You know, there, there's there's no true like, yo, I see this. You know, let's make this, let's do this adjustment or or. And yeah. I, I, and I, I think we do kind of have that. To be honest with you, in, in Caruso, he kind of is a guy who does see that stuff, but he's not the point guard that you need to be that kind of leader on the floor. You understand what I mean? Like he's the feeling guy. For me, it's when you talk leader. I immediately think point guard. Like that's the first thing that comes in my brain. And Caruso is great um, at pointing out what guys need to be and letting guys know, yo, you gotta be here, you gotta be here, you gotta be here, you gotta be here. It's one thing to say it, but it's another thing when the person is executing it with you. I'm just thinking about it in, in terms of Lonzo. So Lonzo will tell you where you need to be and then show it to you because here come the ball right there in your hands. You know what I'm saying? Where you got it and where you need it to go. He'll tell you defensively where you need to be, but if you slip up and are not there, he's still got your back on that block and he's getting that ball and we're out in transition and we're gone. So it's, it's, if they have that, they just ain't got that player to, to, to show it, to show and prove, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and that's, that's telling right there. If we're expecting leadership out of our seventh best player, eighth best player, you know, expecting our, our third guy off the bench, second or third guy off the bench to galvanize the team. Fair point. Somebody who's 18 to 23 minutes a game. Yeah, that's true. And that's not the – I mean, you you could be a, still be a leader. I agree. It's, I, I, would, I would prefer a better player to be the leader. But you still can be a leader 
in some fashion. But you, to your point, that you're right. I mean, like it, it should be somebody, somebody else. Somebody just lined like, up, right? Right. It's <laughs> like it's like you know. I remember those like uh, I remember watching the game yesterday. They brought up a stat, and to your point, they talked about the rebound, and they said, "Well, they they mentioned how the Bulls haven't gotten an offensive rebound." And I'm watching Green out there. I power four against somebody who's seven foot. <laughs> like, and then I right. tweeted that I tested to you. I said, "What?" I said, "Can't Tony Brown against get someone like something? He can't be that bad." Where the Bulls have a tall guy, he can't do anything. Go to, Knicks have a tall guy, he can't do anything. Go to floor. Why can't we have this size matchup with him? Like right. matchup with him. And he, then he then he finally put Tony Bradley in the game. I'm like, I'm receiving for Tony Bradley to come in the game, but like, but you Green at six five against a power four. I'm like, yeah, you can out rebound it. Not instead of hustle, but I'm short. Trust me. I can't, I, I can only do so much against some guy who's tall. And like, like, so like to me, I'm like, why, why are you so hesitant to put size on size? Hmm. When, when you have the opportunity to do so against a guy in the next who's not even offensive minded. But you can't throw, throw another big guy in there for five minutes. He hasn't played in a while. He will surprise you. Like he will, he probably hustle his ass off because he hasn't played all year. So he'll give you that one game, you know, where he would tease you a little bit. And then when he gets bad against him now. But you can't tell me you can't put sides on sides sometimes. You just that, that's really dumb. I don't understand why it was not so hard to do. Sometimes, like I don't know, it, it just right. it, let me talk um, about it, man. Let me let me shit because I, I like I said, this it's everybody I I don't like, and Billy Donovan was just having to be a part uh, of that. Zach mm-hmm. Levine, um, and Zach, I gave a lot. Well, obviously, I feel like you have to give the man the benefit of the doubt when he first got hit. He just got off knee surgery. He clearly wasn't 100%, clearly wasn't ready to go until I saw him drop that 41. Uh, when I saw him drop the 41, I was like, okay, that whole game, I was like, that looks like the dude I remember. As far as his cutting and, you know, how, how he moved, just how he moved. Um, I just It just looked like him. And for the next, actually, couple games, it looked like him. But then these last two games, I would say, against the Knicks for sure. I didn't know who I was like, who, who is this? I was very confused at what I was looking at as far as his game. Um, D, you've been critical of Zach for a long while. Um, but it's it's have you seen him look like this before? Because personally, I've never really seen him look like this. Like when I hear detractors uh speaking about this is why you know you can't give him this money, and this is why, and I'm like, dude, none of y'all saw this, like none of y'all saw him looking like this like i didn't see this kind of regression right. coming from zach levine but but please go ahead and speak on zach yeah well well hindsight is 2020 you know mm-hmm. i mean was it a bad contract i mean we, we still remains to be seen you know it's, it's it's you know it's the beginning of the contract and things like that but you know my my line i've been saying about zach levine for the past four years is he stats over impact i've been saying that since since we we made the trade What's that though? What's that? I mean, he's he still down, pass the ball, really, to shoot the scores. He's, he's going to average 20 plus at the, at the end of the year. I mean, he's going to get his number. And he's going to, on paper, he's going to look like he, he's a $200 million player, you know, based, based on today's standards and things like that. But Zach, unless he's just like on fire and has one of those games where the ball is not even touching rim, you know. He has minimal impact on the game. Like even when he get his buckets and things, it just don't seem like it's like critical moments and things like that. Or like, or I don't see him doing the the small things, you know, 
where where you can really turn a game around and things like that. He's out there just just getting his, getting in where he fit in, you know. And every once in a while, you know, he'll get the ball and say, "It's my turn." Instead of you know something like cohesive or anything, it's my turn. Then he could put up a fadeaway or so, or something like that, man. I just think, man, we, a person making two hundred million dollars to me needs to be like elite, elite. So when I say elite, it means like okay, even if you don't have like the supporting cast, you are a threat to getting the playoffs by just by you being on the team, KD. <laughs> AD, you know, if, if if Kyrie and them wasn't there, they'd have been at least play playing. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those. That's that's to me, that's a that's an elite 200 million dollar player. You know, Zach, and I don't want to say Zach is a selfish player. I used to think he was selfish. I don't necessarily think he's selfish now, but I go back to that word that you used, Dave. I don't know if the effort is there. I don't know if the whole LeVar ball thing that he said was there, like that he's turned off that DeMar is actually 1A now. I don't know if that I don't know um, I don't know if that comes into mind, you know, where where it's just like he he was brought here to be the man and now he's not the man. Well, but, see, see, I come with the contract, that. D, like real quick though, but real thing with the contract, it's actually not what people kind of look at the lump sum and think it's some astronomical numbers that he's making. He's making like he's making where he is in the league, which is like middle of the pack. That's where he's making his money. Like, you know, he's Ben Simmons money right now. You know what I'm saying? This ain't Steph Curry money. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Butler, uh, Chris Chris Middleton. You know what I'm saying? Them the dudes who's making what he's making per year. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's, he's being paid exactly what he should be getting paid right there per year. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what. When you're talking that 40 plus mil, like that's Steph, that's Westbrook, that's Durant. You know what I'm saying? That's them dudes. But yeah, you Middleton, you you Rudy Gobert, you know what I'm saying? You are you around that level right now. You know what I'm saying? With this check. That's 200 for five. Say it again. I thought he got 200 for five. I know. I'm saying what he's making per year. That's like that's still like 30, it's like that's 37 40. mil a year. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's what he's making. That's, that's, that's 40. Like, for real, go look at what he's making this year. You go look at it, bro. He's literally making like 37 million dollars this year. That's what he's well, making. This, this this year is the last year on his old one that was expiring, right? Don't no, be 200. This is this is the contract. He don't make 40, if I ain't mistaken, he don't start making that 40 until like year four or five. That's when okay. that kicks it's in. Still, Dude, and the it's NBA still a lot of money, bro. No, it's a lot yeah. of money. Obviously, you're an NBA yeah. player. They make a lot you. of money. But when you when that money kicks up next year in the NBA, it's going to look like his old contract when the people was giving, when people was tripping that he was making 20 mil a year. And then they realize, oh, shit, this ain't shit. This is mm-hmm. regular funds. It's going to look like that. His contract is going to look like that when that money go up next year, man. So I think he's on par honestly, of what he's supposed to be getting paid. He's not, they're not paying him elite player money. It just sounds like elite player money of what he's getting, seriously. You know, you know that what I always said is that in that you, you pay for a guy for what you want him to become. So he, so he, so he then, when he becomes that player, he's kind of underpaid. So you're paying him. And I, and I, I feel you, D, I think he, obviously he should be playing better. I don't think he's playing up to what his contract is paying him this year. I agree with that. But you know, eventually you supposed to, you're supposed to play a guy for what he's going to become, and oh, that, and, and, I, I, and that's it, yeah, I'm that sorry. money. Yeah, like I said, it's going up next year. Like when he get that that forty, like that's going up. He's getting forty like next year, like that's so, coming. But the on, money in the league is going up also next year, right? So, so it won't look that ridiculous. I'm sorry. Go ahead. On a championship team, uh, uh, Zach Levine would be like third best player. So you think third best player deserve forty a year? 
Dude, Chris Middleton getting that, then yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm but saying? Like, see, that's see, what the market is dictating. That's what it is, bro. I don't think they're they want him to be third best. I think they're they saw him the one or two. They're right, paying yeah. him to keep correct. Right. So, like, and you know, even watching like, you know, we hear opinion times of course, Jimmy Butler fans about the trade and everything. Jim Butler is, is so much, so much better than Levine right now. Sure. You know, I watched people chit on Paul George. Paul George dropped 30 years. Paul George is a supreme, much better player than Levine. Mm. You shit on Paul George all you, all you want to. The dude drops 30 at night, whatever he's averaging. He balls. He does other things on the floor. And and our whole, my hope was, and that's, because it's funny, you had the bigs on day when I was trying to hype up Levine. You guys looked at me like I was crazy. Like, Levine ain't going to be all that. I'm like, well, I have to have 50 years because the GM kind of thinks he's supposed to be one or a really impactful number two. And he's not playing like that. You know, I don't, and Dave, to mention, you was talking about before about him not looking right. You know, we saw the other guy, I don't know if it was, was against the Knicks, where he clearly had, I don't know if the Knicks, maybe the game before that, where he was on, def, on defense, he's all over the place defensively. Knocked the ball away. He had the Dwayne way, you know, uh, hey, when he yeah. jumped the gap. Right. <laughs> you know, he like two steals for that. For That's while. still. Yeah. Yeah. That's still. And then this next, you don't see that same effort on defense. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. One thing I did notice, and I want you guys, just as far as looking at Levine's play, mm. he looks like he has his speed back. It doesn't look like he's slow. Like before no. him, he's kind of hurt. You can kind of tell the Jets weren't quite there. So his speed and ag- agility looks there. What's missing from him is his explosiveness on the jump. Maybe it's just he has it, but he's not confident that's taking off. Mm. You know, he's always he's never been that clever around the rim. You know, he throws up those, I don't call him lame, but he, he has like three shots around the rim and he throws up. And so, you know, you watch John, you watch guys who are really clever around the rim, Irvin, Morant, them guys. Them guys are like has a, a bag that's big as hell. Yeah. Levine doesn't have a big bag when it comes around. He does that. He should with the leap ability and creativity, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I see him constantly do the same shots, I'm like, are you getting better? Do you watch the game? Why are your post energy passes still one-handed, bro? Why, why, like, like it's just, it's just, I'm upset with him, disappointed, and like he doesn't seem to be improving, even though he's been injured. I get it, but you can't be throwing one handed bounce passes three times in a row in the NBA game <laughs> with your me. left hand. Like, are you, are you, like, are you, <laughs> do you care? It's like, because I'm millions of people watch this game, and I see that you, you don't care about the pass in the post. I see that, and yeah. I have to go on the podcast and bitch about it or tweet about it. <laughs> so, yeah, so. This team, flawed as it is, those three guys. Unfortunately, Vucevic can't bring the ball down the court and get the ball to himself. Right. <laughs> that's, that's why Demar and they dominate the ball, the top of the key, the jump yeah. shots. They have to play balls out every game. And your supporting team, and we know this, they raise the Green Caruso. They raise up to your best player's level of play. Right. And they know you're not into the game, and they play at that level. And that's what you're saying. They know that the Levine and and Vucevic is not getting the ball, whatever. You know, girls and they, if they're not playing like that, the, the team follows suit. It just does. Yes. It's a point of cast, and you're seeing it. And and it's Billy's yeah. fault. It's everybody's fault. But on the court, you mentioned effort. You shouldn't lose back-to-back games like that. It's the Knicks. Not like and that. And that's effort. And I know the Knicks was doing astronomical things, especially as far as their three-point shooting, because they can't shoot threes. But yeah. they hit 19 in that first game and 17 in the second one. You know, what no I'm one saying? can like shoot threes as they pay the Bulls. I don't think it's coincidence. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it looked like it, right? Like it just feels like that. Like teams are having like 
like historic halves <laughs> when they come to play the Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? Like they just look ridiculous and they look amazing. I remember that Orlando game when Wendell came in and was hitting half court shots, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the quarter and stuff like that. I think he had 17 or something like that in the first half. He ended up with like 21, but I'm just yeah. saying he had a great, incredible first half. You know what I mean? And it just looked incredible against them. Um, Boston, I mean, when they came in shooting lights out, damn near 80%, you know what I'm saying? Like they, it was crazy what they were shooting against the Bulls. Like team, um, when they played Washington, the second game of the year in Washington just could not miss a three-pointer. You know, they were just, it was unreal with what we were seeing. Um, and again, like I said, to continue with the Knicks uh, here and Brunson was cooking everybody. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter Brunson who you had has a better post game than Zach Levine. That's a fact. <laughs> wow. That's a fact. It's true. Cause Zach's is non-existent. You know, it doesn't exist. He doesn't have one. You know what I'm saying? But let me get to act two. Cause I, Again, I want to ask you guys about the point guard position. Mm-hmm. Who do you feel, because the Bulls literally have four of them, so who do you feel should be the one to be out there as the starting point guard D, for, for, for this team? Because there, there are many options. Uh, go to Dub first real quick. Go ahead, Dub. Um, neither. <laughs> no four? There's four. I'm the, saying. The, the, only, the only one that we haven't seen in uh, – Maybe in the um, it's done lineup. It's uh, what you call it, um, Dragic. Dragic, you know, um, Dragic is supposed to be saving up, saving up his energy for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to pay big minutes when we start, but like it really messes up his minutes. I think they want to give him. You know, now you have to get to the playoffs for the matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> Obviously, right. so that's the only solution right now that uh, I see. Like, like, but I. Well, I wonder, but all four are failing as a point guard. And, you know, granted, is that the offense? Like you mentioned before, like Tom Thibodeau would have made Lucas the third, John Lucas the third, revitalized a lot of small point guard careers based on what he ran as a coach. And we all agreed that was coaching because no matter who ran that point guard position where Thibodeau was coaching, hmm. they did their thing on the Bulls. You know, you've seen it with Bronson, even though Bronson has success in Dallas. Hmm. And so when you take when you ask me that question, I'm like, well, does it matter in this offense who runs point guard? Now obviously if you bring Chris Paul here, you know, obviously that's, yeah, that's it matters. Strange, but like <laughs> but like but like but I think you kind of touched on it. Like he's not a coach where he, he has the ability to uplift a an average point guard to be successful in this offense. You have to be special, ball is special, he was playing special. And so so in this offense, Billy Billy Donovan's offense, we have four of them on our team point guards his offense has not been able to you know um sort of like uplift a point guard's game mm. you know show out a point guard's game you know promote you know or you know uh, improve a point guard's game uh for the years he's been here you know and that could be Kobe white right even though i think Kobe white's more of a scorer that's the conversation but but so I, I don't think it does i don't think it matters i think if you put Dragic in there I think it will get better, but he's going to have games where he's not going. He's going to sell out a lot because I think they want they don't want him to play a lot, play those hard minutes, you know, coming off as, as a starter. And of course, that ruins your bench. But at some point, you got to realize that starting off games good, but then then catch it back up. Like I would love to see if Dragic is in the starting lineup if that helps out in the first half <laughs> versus being down twenty or ten points. Maybe you're up, and you know I'd rather play you know um, 
you know, catching up, you know, that five points did 20 points. But, you know, all these players, it's, 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 it's just amazing when you watch basketball how we talk, like, when Dick, when Dick was talking about Zach doing little things, we know what those are, especially as a Chicago Bulls fan. We've seen Michael and Scotty do little things, Dennis Rodman do little things. These talking about greatness, right? Dwayne Wade, punch shooting guard doing things, you know, name, name, an, name a great player. They just have an IQ that's, that's high. And this team does not clearly right now have a, have a really good grasp of, I'm going to say a basketball, but of, of just doing the little thing, understanding what the little things are. And that's, that's being shown in the way, like, I don't think you need a point guard to show like a mismatch in the post. I don't think you do. That's that, that should be that's a basketball IQ since you was like eight years old. He's tall, throw him in the ball against a short guy. You know, so I see that that's IQ on the floor and that's IQ from the coach. What is done over and over again is not corrected. You don't see these corrections happening, right? That's something like I shouldn't have to tell you to throw a ball, a ball in the post to a short guy year three in my offense. <laughs> like at some point that should be part of basketball. And some players need to be shown that fine, show these players that, but great players don't need that type of coaching. The little things on the floor are done. And what you're saying is that it's hard to be, that's why you praise guys who run point forward and who do things with six, seven or whatever and run point guard, or you just, cause it's, it's hard to be, it's at a specific, it's, it's, it, what it's showing you is that you have to value that position. You know, a point guard just not throw away. That anyone, anyone just cannot just run point guard. Zach Levine can't just run point guard. Even though you don't, you may be a point guard, you may not drop 20 points a game. You know, we've seen the Terrell Brandons of the world, like a Terrell Brandon or whatever, have you no know, minimal scoring impact, but high impact on the game. That's by that position. And I wonder if the front office is undervalued that position. Uh, and overvalued the place on the floor. You know, um, White is not a point guard. White's not a three-point shooter. He's a scorer. And he's not being sort of let loose to be a scorer. And to White's point, I love the fact that White is really giving it all on both ends of the court. Phenomenal. Yeah. I'm glad to see him on the floor. He's impacted the game, both ends of the point, on, on both ends of the floor. You know, Caruso is not a, is not a, is not a point guard. So I don't know if they are really, really good point guard. I don't know if, the, if they just didn't they overvalue the players they have. Um, or they just felt the team and getting in a point guard because you knew balls be injured. He's, you knew that maybe three quarters, of, they had to know that three quarters of the season he was going to be here. He's been off a year. He's going to take like four months to get back to speed to practice running. He's a ran in like over a year. I haven't ran over two years. I'm going to be tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, so I think to a point earlier we made is just being a failure of the front office not willing to spend a little extra money over the, over the cap to bring in someone who could impact a few more wins. Obviously, they felt it wasn't worth it, that they was going to sacrifice this year. It wasn't worth going to luxury tax. I think they went over luxury tax if they got anybody else with significance on the team. And this is what they're getting, getting giving the Bulls Nation. It's like, wait till next year. This is the wait till next year. Team. Wait till next year. that too, about going hmm? over the luxury tax as well. Like, they might be handcuffed in that because Jerry – Reinsdorf has only paid the luxury tax, yeah. I think, one time. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. He like, are we winning the championship this year? No. Oh, well, then what's the point doing it? Well, it's like, well, we got to kind of get exactly. there. You got to go and, over but, the luxury know. tax to get to those points. And like, sometimes let me stop. Like, I, wanted, I wanted to get D's uh, yeah. opinion on some of these things. Go ahead. D. About point guard is what the question was. Of the four that the Bulls have, who should be starting? I think uh, 
the solution to our point guard needs is obvious at this point. He got a stand. Okay. The, he he had the biggest crowd last night when he had ended. It's time. First of all, it's time to bring D-Rose back. He's still got a lot in the tank. He's rotten over there in New York. It hurts me to see D-Rose get in garbage time or, or have some DMPs coaches' decision and everything. And what are the Bulls doing? We don't have, you know, we don't have, uh, that, that solves a couple issues. That's a true point guard, a dynamic point guard. That's a leader of men, you know what I'm saying? And he already got the city. You know, it's a reason to get the city back too. To me, that's obvious. That should be the move right now. Seriously, because, okay, Caruso is not a point. And he's, uh, he's just, to me, he's not having a, the greatest start of the year either. Um, Dragic will probably be, if we had to choose from the crop we got right now, I would say Dragic. Um, he, he lacks on the, on the defensive side of the end now. But I think um, as far as like playmaking, he would probably be the best one. And I love Ayo coming off the bench as, as a six man. But to me, hey, man, that standing ovation yesterday. Do the right thing, Bulls. To me, that would be cool. You know what I'm saying? Because we can probably get them for cheap. You know, right now. Do you feel he's the leader? Like, uh, do you see D-Rose at right now? Because you mentioned me the leader. And obviously, if he comes to the locker room, uh, this is, this of course, group, we fan, fan casting group. here. This group, he, he's coming in very respected. Very respected. They, they, they want to hear what he had to say. Yep. Um, do you feel like he's – so I don't – I'm not saying he wasn't a leader, but, you know, did he, he did have issues with Jimmy Butler and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how much of a, of a galvanized leader he is. But clearly, he's coming in with respect. Do you think he could fill that initial void that you that you're thinking the Bulls are lacking? Yeah. So, so when D Rose initially got hurt, he was 23 years old. He's still like he's still young in the game. You know, what I'm saying he it, it seemed like he had more you know tread on the wheels or more mild mileage to say on the wheels because he was MVP, Rookie of the Year, All Star, and all that. He already accomplished so much at 23, but he was 23 years old and everything. Now he's 34 years old. You know what I'm saying? With a, with a different mind state, you know, with a I'm not about to take over the game, but I'm, I'm, I'm working smarter, not harder and well-respected Derrick Rose. That's exactly what we need right now. Seriously, even like, honestly, I would bring him in as a starting PG, but until until Lonzo come back or, you know, whatever. But even his. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just asking questions uh, about him. So I mean, all that I'm I'm with you as far as bringing him back. Like I want, I think he should come back here just to be just retireable for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Like he should be back in Chicago. Um, clearly, the love is obvious. Uh, it was the best part of the game yesterday was him coming into the game. The stadium yep. went insane, and chanting MVP and when he hit the three like everybody was just you know the love is evident and you're right D that, that's a great point you make it will definitely galvanize Bulls fans and and everybody's coming back to the stadium for sure uh to watch Derrick Rose without a doubt yeah they'll be there my thing is he do you think he is a starting point guard though still like even even being in year 14 or 15 I think it's 14 um that he's in even now he's at a point where Tibbs you know, gives him DNPs uh, every night. And I'm not saying he's the only reason, because uh, he gave DNPs to several other players, but the Knicks have won like five or six straight since that happened. 
Um, so with all that said, though, do you still feel he can come in and be that starting guard and give you close to 20 minutes a night, you know, even being in year 14, knowing the ailments that we've seen him deal with? Right. So I, I was still keep him, you know, watch his minutes and everything. See, we don't we don't have a productive Jalen Brunson like point guard, right. you know, playing in front of him. We don't have like a guy with potential like quickly. You know, I mean, you could say Io, you know what I'm saying? But I think D. Rose ain't going to do nothing but be great for Io. Mentoring right there, that's going to be the best. That could be the best thing to happen to Io and things like that. We get D. Rose can come here and commit to 20 to 25 minutes a game in that starting role, bring the, the leadership that we need. You know what I'm saying? He don't have to be the leading scorer. You know what I'm saying? We got bucket getters and everything and everything. He would be, honestly, he would be so good for Zach and DeMar. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, I'm taking the stress, taking the stress, taking the, the onus off them and be like, yo, let me handle this. I'm going to get y'all where y'all need to be. Y'all about to shine even more. You know what I'm saying? I, to me, that's the move to make. And not even my, everybody knows that's my favorite player in the world. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's, to me, that's the move. You know, I thought the, I thought a move that needed to be made early in the year was Jordan Clarkson because it looked like Utah was tanking, but they messing, they winning now. You know what I'm saying? The only, I think the D-Rose move is the move. But like, let's not ask him to, you know, give us 35 minutes and put a, and try to get 20 points and eight assists a game, you know? And let's yeah. not bring Donovan be stupid and put him at the end of the bench either. Okay. I, yeah, I think that. I think D Rose would definitely be a plus. Even though even though he may have to take a game or two off, he's still plusing your team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though he may take a day off, but well, you can't start maybe. But but the three games he did start, thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? So I don't see him being a negative at all. Well, um, what point guard are you giving up? I mean, because without Rose, counting Lonzo, the Bulls have five point guards. So who you giving up? Because you know what I'm saying, you're not gonna carry six, I don't think. So who 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 would you be willing to get rid of? I mean, I think that the obvious one is Kobe White. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, well, that, you, they, they, they could, are you saying are you saying um, trade or because because I think they could waive him. I think he doesn't have a contract. Well, that's true. Next he could year. get waived. That's true. He could if it's if they're gonna sign. But like I said, even if he does, like they're still not gonna carry that many point guards. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like because they gotta keep room. Obviously, they're keeping Lonzo. You know, mm -hmm. obviously they're keeping Ayo. You know what I'm saying? And Caruso and Dragic and Kobe are round out that that five. So I'm just curious as to who goes where if D Rose <laughs> comes in here. It's, well, if you think it's funny because because it, isn't Dragic the, the version of D Rose that we got with the old veteran point guard? Yeah, with D Rose we don't really need Dragic. So you get Dragic out of here, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, I like, like I said, I'm not I'm not against D Rose. But go ahead, go ahead, D. No, so I like Dragic. You know what he what he gives us when he you know his and his capacity, but we yeah he he wouldn't be necessary with D Rose. Okay. All right. Let me ask um for before we wrap this up, the Bulls going forward because what's wild is this is December. <laughs> There's a lot of basketball <laughs> left to be played. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, they have a game tomorrow. Uh, against Minnesota, uh, then they got to play the Heat. Then they play Atlanta again uh, in Atlanta. Um, um, by the way, these all these games are are on the road. These next four games are on the road. So Timberwolves, Heat, the Hawks, the Knicks again, 
and then they're home against the Rockets. Uh, those are their next five games uh, for the Bulls. I, I'm not even going to game six because that's against the Bucks. <laughs> so, but they, they've got a tough one. And this was supposed to be the easy part of their schedule. The Bulls had the second hardest schedule in the league up until uh, a few games ago. Um, they, it was difficult. This is why I was happy with the record that they had because to have the second hardest schedule in the league and to still accomplish what they did I was like, they're they're actually on the right pace. And the league is so full of parity right now. Nobody's really separated from the pack outside of uh, teams like Boston and Milwaukee and and maybe uh, Memphis, you know, teams like that have kind of separated themselves. Outside of that, everything's just still kind of clustered and everybody's a bad week away from being the worst team in the league. So right. that's why I was... Oh, in New Orleans. Yes, New Orleans is definitely, definitely separating themselves. Um, so that's why I was okay with where the Bulls were, but now looking at it after what we've seen and the lack of effort and the lack of execution and guys just, you know, not knowing where they need to be and the lack of three point shooting and all those things. Um, what do you see, uh, as far as the future for this Bulls within the next five games, you know, like I said, Minnesota, Heat, Hawks, Knicks, Rockets, that's their next five. Do you see them getting a positive record in their next five or it's just still going to be what we're seeing right now. I mean, first thought with hearing a five-game stretch, four to five on the road, I'm hearing two and three. I'm hearing two and three, possibly one and four. I could see that Rockets game being a W. Um, Knicks seem to have our number. Minnesota, even with Cat going down, still playing good. You know, Atlanta seemed to have our number. You know, so one and four, two and three. Is what I'm saying, you know, and and Bulls right now are, are, I, I don't know, man. We we'll be lucky if we get play in, man. I'd be very lucky if where they looking right now to get yeah. that, like no doubt. But two and three came on my heart. <laughs> okay, all right, Doug. Yeah, I agree with uh, the. I mean, they have not shown even since last year to really like do something different and turn around. What you're saying, you know. Um, as far as play on the court. And it's hard to predict, of course, wins because they win against good teams and they lose against bad teams and whatever. But two or three sounds right. I wouldn't – I don't see them – I see them winning against Minnesota, honestly. But, um, yeah, I would be surprised if they went out with four out of five or three out of the five. Um, unless DeMar – You said four out of the five? I said I, I would be surprised. Oh, surprised. Would do. be surprised. Yeah. You know, the only way, only way this team has proven that it could win a bunch of games in a row if DeMar just says, get the fuck out the way, let me try to average 40 points and be MVP again. And I don't know if that could happen this early in the season for him. I don't think he – maybe this he's, year. He's tried. Yes, they, we'll they, f- they have a losing record when he scores, like, over 30. They have a losing yeah. record. You know what I'm saying? They're, so, like, 2-8 and eight or something like that. It's a losing record when he scores over 30. It's, it's not yeah, – and that's probably and that's probably why, like, you saw him, you know, even, even though he scored – that's not you can tell you can tell when you look at him like he's like that's not working this year. Yeah. You know, even I dropped 30, we ain't winning like last year. You know, we've right. been buzzer beaters and all that kind of stuff. Which made me upset with Billy Donovan because Billy Donovan pointed out things last year, which to me is about coaching issues. So he he was complaining about last year the Bulls were doing. I'm like, that's you. And it's still the same thing this year. So <laughs> I I I had no faith they're gonna have a winning record, but who knows? They may be only four out of five and they get hopping three for three games in a row, and mm-hmm. for some reason everything's falling in for them. But uh, they're gonna hover around 500 um, all year. So two out of three, three out of five, maybe 
but 500 teams is what they are. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's that's how they feel to me right now. Um, yeah, it's sad. It's it was embarrassing. It's slightly depressing, but eh, what you okay? I'll, I'll go watch Justin Fields. What you say? What you got? Where you got him at the next five games? I would say uh, maybe that two and three, maybe. But I, <laughs> it could be that one and four. Like, but I don't see it being over five hundred or even being five hundred. I don't even like the Rockets game, honestly, uh, because the Rockets are fast. Like, even that, I can see them losing that game. Like, they, they struggle against them kind of teams, those athletic teams. Energy, energy teams. And, yes, correct. You know what I'm saying? They they struggle against them kind of squads. So, I can see that. And after playing against the Knicks, then they play against an energy team, and the Knicks are going to beat you up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just what it is. So, yeah, I can see that that being an L. I can see them being beating the Hawks. I could. I could see that happening. I can actually see them beating the Timberwolves, but I don't think it'll go that gonna happen because I think Anthony Edwards is just <laughs> somewhere else. Like this dude, I don't think they have anything for that dude. I don't care what you put on him. I don't have nothing for that cat right there. But I don't know. We'll see, man. But yeah, I'll say that he like a two and three or one and four. You know what I mean? For them, man. So nothing good. And if that continues, then I've said that. If it continues, man, the moves need to be made definitely. Yeah swiftly and completely (laughs) like for real really really fast so we know billy got extended right so like one thing we i think we both understand hope the other hope the fan base understands that this front office really doesn't want to do any trades every year and do that on the team and turn over the team every three years they are committed to having a core whatever that is with billy donovan good or bad foundation that's consistent for years for a team to grow and know each other and grow. That's what they want. And this is what happens. Maybe, you know, State Billy's a bad idea and whatever, but they don't want to have coaches running in and out. They don't want the top players going in and out of the game a year and flip-flop squads and be inconsistent. They want like four or five years of just like, I know what my team is. Let's have them grow together. So we'd have to kind of like right now suffer as fan base through this because I don't see any big moves happening with this team. All right, so there's your sadness for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy some of that. Um, we'll be back soon to do another one of these. Uh, but yes, enjoy Justin Fields. Uh, the Bears are going to get stomped, but just enjoy Justin Fields. You know what? I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to surprise everyone somehow. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning in, enjoying the show. Um, follow D Jackson at D Jackson82 on Instagram and on Twitter. Pick up all his albums on his band camp. Uh, all 80s babies albums are available there for purchase they're also on streaming services but we'd rather you all hit that band camp and purchase it directly from the source follow chris on twitter at ball sports one b-a-w-l sports one follow me on twitter at ball sports and the instagram page is ball sports chris yes um i know we had a little hiatus um stuff happens but uh, we'll be back sooner than later to discuss our you know, poor, poor old bulls. Um, thank you to the fans. Thank you to the downloaders for our podcast. Um, as always, BossSports.com to also listen to the podcast as well. It's on the web. If you don't have a podcast player. Uh, yeah, that's it, man. Um, go Bulls. Go Bulls. D, anything at last words? Nah, definitely go Bulls. Let's turn this around. Let's turn this around, y'all. Oh, for the, 
Bam, D Jackson, uh, C Dub, aka, well, Chris, aka C Dub. I am Big Dave. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all be cool. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey, wasn't it cool? Like, we, when D Rose came out, you saw like 10 year olds sharing, like, they watched them play. Mm-hmm.